What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Lipstick and Lightsabers. I am Shannon. And I'm Alex. And today, we are going to do our best to talk about the first six episodes of the second season of The Bad Batch. Yeah, we really let them pile up. <laughs> we really did. Because <laughs> we, we said to ourselves, we're like, oh, we'll split it into fours. And then four episodes went by and we were still talking about Willow. We're like, you know what? It's fine. Mm-hmm. And it is fine. I mean, we're going to get through the six. We're going to get through them. And like, listen, going to be perfectly honest here. We we love the Bad Batch, but second season feeling kind of meh. Yeah, and I and I think that there there's a lot of like positive things that we're going to be able to say about these episodes, but overall feeling a little lackluster. Just a little bit. Yeah, 100%. But of course, we're going to start with recommendations, and the first one we have up is The Last of Us. Listen, you also yeah. episode 3. You know mm-hmm. what we're going to say. Like, what the heck? Yeah, well, like, when I was writing these notes, I saw that The Last of Us was still up from when we recommended it after that final Willow episode. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was like, I'm leaving this here because we haven't spoken since episode three dropped. Like, can you believe? No, I I was sobbing. Like, I was, I don't know if I could watch it twice. Like, I don't know if I can put myself through that. Like, I was, like, sobbing. I don't know if this will make sense. It was shorter the second time. Yeah, it feels really, like, what, how long is the episode? Like, 80 minutes? It's long, yeah. It, yeah. It's more than an hour, Um, which the first one was more than an hour, too. Because mm-hmm. uh, I watched it when it premiered, and then I watched it the next day, and it, it did feel shorter. And I think part of that is, like, I knew that, like, this is what the episode was. Because I think part mm-hmm. of it, when you're watching it for the first time, you're like, what are we doing? Yeah. Um, but it just, like... Wow. Zombie shows have always hit really hard emotionally because they really cling to, like, the found family aspect and and love, you know, like, love can conquer things. And, like, I feel like Walking Dead has gone there. But this episode blew every, like, every single zombie apocalypse, like, media out of the water. This episode particularly, like... N- I don't think I've ever, like, felt, like, it, it goes down in TV history, not even just, like, zombie shows, just, like, oh, my God, the way, the way that they slowly, um, you know, bring you through the story of, you know, Bill, and then they just drop the bomb, right? Like, right. And I just, like, that, to me, like, that is The Last of Us. Like, it's never been, like, about zombies. It's always, like, the reason it's called The Last of Us is because it's about these people who are mm-hmm. still here and they're still surviving. Yeah. I think they did a really good job of showing, like, if you watch, like, the very end of that episode, like, you hear the directors talk, like, they were showing the passage of time because it's been 20 years and they show it through this love story. And it's like, Well, you know what? what? <laughs> no, what's disappointing is that when I watch it in Canada, I don't get that. But oh, I was really? in the U.S. So I was in the U.S. when I so I was watching on HBO Max, and mm. I got the interviews at the end of the episode. And I was like, "Oh my god! Like this is so cool. We don't get this the in Canada. Why so don't cool. we get it?" Um, I love I love that, and like I know that that was happening throughout like House of the Dragon. Also, I'm like, mm. Canada's missing I out. 
I didn't watch them for House of the Dragon, but I really like them for The Last of Us because especially the second episode where they show you how they did the clickers and they yeah. bring out um, the guy who like made the game. Like he's in the interviews mm-hmm. too. And it's just like, this is such a faithful, like caring adaptation. Like I feel like on the on the heels of Willow, like this is in a similar vein. Yeah. Where they're like adapting something that is like beloved and they themselves like want to honor it. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, so invested it's so weird to talk to like irl people about this because like they don't get it (laughs) what do you mean like people aren't watching it or they are so like i was talking about it at work and like one of the teachers i work with like me and him are the same age and like you'd never know it because like we are so wildly different and he was like asking about it and he said that he just thought like, the show as a whole was so boring. Like, Whoa. so boring. Like, he was asking if it was going to, like, pick up an action. Like, what's going on? Like, and they're then, expecting like, to see an action-heavy show. Yeah. Well, and, like, every IRL I've talked to, like, hates Ellie. Like, even, what? like, one of the other teachers, like, she likes the show, but she doesn't like Ellie. Because, like... But is this person, like, not liking Ellie because she's, like, swearing, like, a truck driver? I think that's what it is. But to me, I'm like... But that's her character. And that's That's the point. Like, she's supposed to be... Okay. Like, she's supposed to be annoying, you know? Um, Like, one of the I don't think she's annoying. Like, I really like her. And, like, I'm not a gamer. Like, I don't... I know a little bit of the game, but I don't really know Ellie as a character too much. I, I think, like, her and Joel so far have been, like perfect like manifestations like it's amazing the show is everything to me and by the time you hear this we will have episode four and i'm sure it will also be everything and i'll just mention people should watch hilda oh yeah because she voices doesn't she yeah she uh they voice hilda yeah oh yeah 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 yeah. that's awesome Mm -hmm. that's very very cool yeah very very into it and plus um all the interviews with them and um pedro pascal pretty great that's oh a dynamic duo. They have they have <laughs> such a good energy. They do. They work really well together. Like, I'm so glad that they already greenlit for a season two. And it's not even just like, I want to see them do Last of Us 2. It's just that there's so much story to tell. Like, there's so many places to go. And so I'm glad that they're going to continue to tell the story. So Alex has been reading a little book called Daisy Jones and the Six. I have. Um, so... We, I think we both talked about reading um, The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, which is a Taylor Jenkins read book. So um, I wanted to read more. And with the Prime Video series coming out in a month, I was like, this is the time that I'm going to read Daisy Jones and the Six because I want to read it before the show starts. Um, so I actually – I have like 30 or 40 pages left. So I'm not actually completely done yet. Um, but it's really great. Um, I was saying to you off air, Taylor Jenkins Reid has a really good way of making you empathize with very flawed characters, characters that are um, not so nice, do not so nice things to each other. Daisy Jones and the Six, I think it's a little bit different than I thought it was going to be, but I'm really, really enjoying it. The characters, like I said, they're pretty, they're very flawed people, but you find yourself really caring about them and what happens to them and you want the best for them. It's kind of 
um, modeled after Fleetwood Mac. Like it's a it's a fictional band, but there's a lot of uh, real time events that are happening around them in the '70s, and there are some like shout outs to real celebrities, real singers. I highly recommend. I'm excited to read more Taylor Jenkins Reid, and um, the four, her four recent books are all in the same universe. But oh, that's really cool. I didn't know that. Apparently, she says that she's taking a bit of a break before her next book, and the next book will not be in the same universe. Okay. So if you know, like so- Mick, you know, like Mick Riva in Seven Husbands? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in every book. Oh, yeah. I saw you mention that. Like, Malibu Rising is about his kids. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So he's kind of like a background character in this book. He's in like one party scene, but he's mm-hmm. he's in it. Yeah, like I don't know a ton about Taylor Jenkins Reid. Um, I remember like everybody freaking out over Seven Husbands. And so like that's when I read it. And like we have a friend who loves that book. And then obviously Daisy Jones and the Six is getting that show. So like I'm excited to kind of dive more into her stuff too. Like I am going to um, download this book so that I can listen to it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited. Like, that's really cool. I had no idea. I heard the audiobook is a full cast, so that'll be really, really good. So bringing it back into movies, um, we have two movies. So first of all, so Alex watched a lot of, like, Oscar nominees. Yeah, I went, Like, you, well, you watched some, like, good I, stuff. I also, like, watched um, Ticket to Paradise, which is that mm. um, movie with George Clooney and Julia Roberts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and um, Billy Lord is in it. Mm. So I watched that, and that was a fun movie. That was not an Oscar bait. Like, oh, no, no, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it was fun. And so I watched a few. I watched After Sun because Paul Mescal is nominated for Best Actor for that one. It was very sad. Okay. So, like, I every time I've been on Amazon, because, like, one of my recommendations is something that I rented on Amazon. But, like, mm-hmm. I, I watched, you know, the one I'm going to talk about, and then I watched Puss in Boots. <laughs> the last one, which was very good. Um, but I keep seeing that and I keep like almost clicking on it. And then I'm like, I feel like it's going to be too sad. If you have any sort of, I think, complicated relationship with your dad, it is oh, going God. to hit and it's going to be very sad. <laughs> I can't watch anything with Paul Mescal in it because it's too sad. <laughs> he <laughs> is the king of sad. <laughs> like I, I couldn't but- even finish um, Normal People. I think you like- should finish it. You need to finish it. <sighs> I know. He's so like, good. I, I loved the book. And like every time I turn on normal people, I would just get like so depressed. It's really like, sad. It. But it's really, really good. Um, but he's going to be um, in – they're going to make a new Gladiator movie. Apparently, he's going to star in the new Gladiator movie. That seems really random. Yeah. That feels very random. So maybe that won't one won't be as sad. <laughs> like – He's just so He'll good at being be sad. sad. I really feel like he had a really, really um, good performance in this movie, but it was very sad. Probably not a watch twice kind of movie. Um, <laughs> and then I also, so I also watched Triangle of Sadness, which was really crazy. I've seen a lot of people like discourse on Twitter comparing the menu and Triangle of Sadness for having <laughs> like similar themes. <laughs> Which they do, and people mm. are having like crazy discourse about about it. Triangle of Sadness was just bonkers. I it was really crazy, and it's nominated for best picture. And then I also watched, which is my recommendation, the, the Banshees of Inisherin, um, which I think. 
Banshees is nominated for the second most amount of Oscars this year after Everything Everywhere All at Once. Oh, wow. Um, Banshees of Inisherin was like a dark comedy, and it was very funny. It was very, very funny. Colin Farrell uh, stars in it, and Brendan Gleeson's in it, and then also Barry Keegan is in it from Eternals. They were all really, really good in it. Um, I don't think I expected to laugh as much as I did. Um, and it's a really beautifully shot movie. And it's kind of connected to our Taylor Swift universe because um, it's directed by um, the person that she did Directors on Directors with. <laughs> and um, and then that also kind of connects to Phoebe Waller-Bridge because he's dating Phoebe Waller-Bridge. And that, that, that connects us to Hot Priest, who is in a group chat with Joe Alwyn and... With Paul Mescal. Which brings us back to After Sun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just the whole extended universe. Yeah. So I really, really liked Ban- Banshees of Inner Sharon. Um, I would really, I'm probably going to watch a few of the other Oscar noms. I'm debating if I'm going to watch Elvis or not. <laughs> oh, I watched Elvis. Oh, you did? Yeah, I did watch it. Actually, did I, didn't like fin- it? I didn't finish it because it's very long. It's um, like three hours. Yeah, it's very long. Um, It's good. It's very strange just knowing everything that's been going on with Austin Butler since. Do you think, okay, but like, do you think that Austin Butler is putting on a good performance though? Yes. Like you, okay, okay. That is Elvis Presley. Because he's like the front runner for for the best actor win. Which I honestly do think is deserved. Okay. Um, 100%. Like, he is very good in it, and it is a Mm -hmm. very, like, well-done movie, and I I like that they don't shy away from, like, all of, like, the um, black and, like, African-American, like, influence that went into his music, Mm -hmm. Um, which is good, because, like, they don't try to, like, whitewash it or anything, but it's it's just Austin Butler's just apparently a really weird dude, man. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, he said he his his uh, accent's going away, right? He's going to get rid of yeah, it. Yeah, he decided that it's going to go away. <gasps> no, you know who decided it was going to go away? Denny Villeneuve <laughs> on the set of Dune Part 2. <laughs> That's probably who decided. Well, while Alex was watching all of these, you know, critically acclaimed movies, I watched Megan. Megan is beloved, though. Listen, Megan is the best movie I've ever seen. I'm calling it now. It's the best movie of the year. 100%. Uh, like, wow. I'm going to watch it. I haven't watched it yet, but I will. When I tell you that this movie, like, nothing can prepare you for what it's like to actually watch it. Like, I thought I knew what I was getting myself into. Because, like, we'd seen the TikToks. We've seen the memes. We knew mm-hmm. she like, I knew she was going to sing Titanium. I knew she was going to dance. <laughs> like, but I cannot express to you, like, how bonkers this movie is. I'm just, like, I've heard so many stories of people's theater experience for this movie and cheering for her. Like, I've heard, like, it. it's like a sporting event, like, people cheering her on watching oh, the movie. Oh, 100%. Like, one of my favorite things is, like, the, like, the whole, like, ending sequence, which I won't tell you about, but, like... The whole ending was very, very good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they already announced that there's going to be, like, a Megan, like, chapter two or something. Yeah. And, like, listen, this is Megan's world. We're just living in it. I am genuinely terrified of Megan. You know me. I don't like dolls. 
<laughs> she's terrifying. Um, my mom and I were watching it, and like we would just like bust out laughing. Like there's some line deliveries that are just <laughs> insanity. I yeah, Megan with a three. Um, she is a queen. Uh, I am afraid of her, but I am standing her out of fear. <laughs> Put it that it it reminds me of watching. Um, barbarian and it reminds me of watching like malignant like mm-hmm. i really like this tone of horror and i'm glad that they're like expanding on that because it's it's very fun megan with a three just reminds me of like droids like she could be like a star wars droid no but like she could be except she's terrifying but like could you imagine star wars like expands and does like different genres and it does you know like they hire the megan director to do like a horror movie <laughs> with a droid. <laughs> no. <laughs> Only if it's about the, the coffee maker droid that tries to kill Ben Solo. <laughs> listen, I'd be here for that. L- like, listen, there's droids in Star Wars. They could tell so many different stories. Um, it won't hit the same without Megan's signature blonde wig, though. Okay. Um, like, we could get Daniel Jose older to just, like, spice it up and make it, like, funnier, right? Oh, my God. That would be iconic. I'm, I would be standing. I would be, I'd be lined up for that. All right. Our last recommendation, of course, has to do with the king himself, Ryan Johnson. Yeah. And that is his new show, Poker Face. Yeah, it's really good. I don't want to give it too much away because I actually went into watching this show knowing very little um i just knew it was like you know like a crime of the week like murder mystery of the week kind of um format and it's so good like he created the show um he also directed the second episode i haven't seen episode five yet because it's kind of difficult to get access to it in canada unfortunately we don't have to talk (laughs) Um, and I myself am not subscribed to Peacock, so I yeah, haven't watched any then, of it. I like, mean, I'm Peacock's gonna wait. pretty cheap. I think it's like two ninety nine a month or something. Um, <gasps> That's because there's nothing yeah. on there. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm gonna continue to drag Peacock's name through the mud. <laughs> yeah, so it's um, it's kind of a shame that it's on Peacock. I kind of wish it was on like Prime or something. Um, mm. This is a and, bigger platform, you know, I feel like. like. I, I was kind of thinking about, so this is a little off topic, but Ryan Johnson and streaming platforms with all the drama with Netflix this week. I was like, you know, it's going to be such a shame if this really does go down with the password sharing stuff. And then like Knives Out 3 is kind of stuck with being on Netflix. And that's a shame. Yeah, it yeah. is a shame. But I guess that's so. kind of reversed now. I don't know. <laughs> Well, apparently people – so, like, in case you didn't hear, Netflix has been getting a ton of backlash because they've been trying to roll out their way that they're going to stop people from sharing passwords, and they walked it back, and apparently they got, like, flooded. They got bullied. Yeah. <laughs> Just like how the Swifties bullied Ticketmaster. Yeah, and now same they're behaving for Beyonce. Yeah. Yeah, I know. That and like resale can't be more expensive than what the ticket was bought for. Yeah. Why can't they? Why can't they do that? I don't know. Apparently, we had to. We paved the way for the Beyonce tour. 
Well, at least but, it will be fixed by the time Jonas Brothers announce their dates because they did say they're going on tour. I, I've never been to a Jonas Brothers concert. It was my first concert. <laughs> I mean, I saw I've seen I saw Demi Lovato when she was on Disney, but I've never Ooh. seen the Jonas Brothers. Ooh, I wasn't a yes. Jonas Brothers girly. The Jonas Brothers were my life, so that's where we differ. Um, I'm really yes. excited for this. I don't know if you saw. I sent Shannon a video of Kevin talking about the new album called the album, and he mentions about how they've like adapted through the years of being in different parts of their life and he says that like now they're all girl dads so like this is like the result of that and i'm like oh my god we're getting a girl dad oh, <laughs> I just, like, what that. does that mean like <laughs> i just couldn't stop laughing at you going when they were talking about their album called the album <laughs> just like they i don't know this, i am excited it's like, this for them. The f- like this will probably I'll be the first them. time i like listen to a jonas brothers album which which album the album like i've never listened oh, this to is like, gonna be the first like roll out that you take part in is what yeah, you're saying yeah i've only <laughs> ever just like listened to like i know they're big songs i just they're never big like hits yeah like yeah. burning up when you look me in love the bug. eyes yeah you're three thousand know? love bug is my favorite song i think love bug is like an incredibly produce song like i think that mm. is is it's an amazing song um yeah i'll i'll defend the jonas <laughs> brothers to the day I die, yeah, but, absolutely. Um, well that's our demographic you know like i and you like shannon's like the making jonas fun brother. of the fact that the album is called the album but it is so on brand for them like this is like just like up their alley to do something like this like it's just so funny it's like it's them <laughs> Well, last thing before we get into the Bad Batch, um, we did get some news. So Jedi Survivor, the game, um, Mm -hmm. the sequel to uh, Jedi Fallen Order, has been pushed back about six weeks. Uh, They're still refining things, which I think is good. I'm glad they're not trying to rush it. It's a good thing. Um, I would rather them put together something really good and not rushed. It's good. Well, and that'll give us more time to spend with the book because the book comes out March 7th. So that's going to give us more time to, like... pre-order that. Yeah. We'll be able to get through that, and I think that'll get us ready. Because it's supposed... I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be a a prequel to the um, second game. Yeah, I think it's probably going to explain to us how he ends up alone, right? I'm so ready for that. I'm absolutely... So it's, like, like Jedi 1.5 instead of, like, I just love that we're getting... A Jedi Fallen Order tie-in book because we've we are like we were begging we were, for it. We we're like the queens of the begging for a uh, Jedi Fallen Order book. Like yeah, we were leading the charge. So this is like finally the fruition of what we've wanted. Um, I was always so, so shocked because like Battlefront got two books and like mm-hmm. the first Battlefront doesn't even have like a story campaign. No, I don't it think. got a book. Alexander yeah, Creed and it still got a book. book. Um, Battlefront 2, like, I'm so glad that it got a book, and its story campaign is amazing, mm-hmm. but, like, Jedi Battle, or Jedi, uh, uh, Fallen Order was so freaking good, and those characters were so good, I could not believe yeah. they didn't do a, a book. And they could I was have so gone shocked. with any of those characters, like, a seer book. Any of them. Like, yes. I could oh, see man. them doing yeah. a seer book for the first game, and then I don't know why they didn't do that. Um, interesting. It's not too late. Yeah, it's not, it's too, not late. too late. So this book's going to be really good, I think. 
I hope. I'm excited. And I mean, I've been following the author and just seeing some things that she's been saying. So I think this is going to be, it's going to be really pretty good. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. All right. So with that, let's talk about season two of The Bad Batch. I would like to start off by saying that, or I guess acknowledging that I, I think going into the second season of The Bad Batch, it, I don't think it's necessarily that my expectations were too high, but I do think I was expecting a lot and I wonder if that's because of getting things like Andor and Obi-Wan not that I thought it was going to be like Andor and Obi-Wan but I think that maybe it skewed my expectation Mm. just a little bit I do think though that there's some similarities with Andor in this like there's some because it kind of takes place around the same time ish right ish yeah um, but yeah, I think that it it was episode one for me that didn't feel like a premiere that no. set me off on being like, what am I watching? Being kind of put in the middle of the action for me was jarring, but I think that uh, by, like, I'll say this, episode six has been my favorite so far, and I really, really enjoy that episode. Maybe we're going to get more of that. Yeah, know. well, and I would I would agree with that. I feel like with episode one, so episode one and two is a two-parter. It's mm-hmm. Spoils of War and Ruins of War. And I feel like we just kind of got plopped down into the action. And there's no recap. And there's no really clear reason for why we got put here mm-hmm. after the events of season one. And to me, there hasn't been a clear path since the season started, which kind of reminds me of Clone Wars, which obviously the show is very, very similar to Clone Wars. Because, um, like, I'll be honest, like, it's it. I still haven't watched all of Clone Wars because sometimes it, like, meanders, which is typical for an animated show. But I feel like coming off the heels of season one, like, there's so much going on. Like, they're officially on the run. They've officially, you know, taken in Omega um crosshair is like fully with the empire and all of that like i wish there had been some kind of recap and i kind of wish like with the first episode we could have still seen crosshair yeah i think we had that like emotional climax in season one and for us not to even get a recap of it before the first episode was weird to me i know a lot of time has gone by but that emotional high was so, you know, impactful that it it felt weird not to address it. And we finally yes. only really get it addressed, in my opinion, is in episode three, which is the Crosshair episode, mm-hmm. where um, you, you get that sense from Crosshair that there has been, like, an impact on him since then. Well, I was, I was going to say, like, this is skipping a little bit, but I, I – Wanted to like episode three, like, really bad Mm -hmm. because I love Crosshair. Um, He is one of my favorites and, like, I want to see him be redeemed. Like, I want to see him, like, break free of the Empire. And I liked seeing the stigma around him within the Empire because, like, we know that they're going to start shifting away from clones to the point where they're going to start, like, getting rid of clones, right? Mm-hmm. So his position is not secure. 
Well, they're and, replaceable. Like, yeah, oh, they're 100% replaceable because mm-hmm. they're expensive to make and they can find people who are just as loyal without having to create clones. Yeah. Um, and I, I do think it's interesting that Crosshair was stranded on Camino for 32 days before yeah. they rescued him. And then he was still dedicated to the Empire. I want to know what happened. Like, that that's what, what's interesting to me about that episode. Yeah. There's not all the action. There was too much action in it for me personally. Yeah. But that, the fact that he was stranded, the Empire did not care about him, and he still came back to them. So, like, part of me wonders if, like, something did happen, and, like, now there – I don't know. Part of me feels like he's almost like double agenting it. Um, but I don't really have any proof for that because he mm-hmm. doubles down on everything with the Empire. So yeah. I I don't for know. For me, I, I feel like he has nowhere else to go. Like the the title, I know we're, we're skipping ahead a little bit because I think episode three is more interesting than the first two episodes. It's called The Solitary Clone. Like, he is alone, and I think he feels trapped, and he has nowhere else to go. Yeah, well, because he can't he can't go back to his friends. Like, he can't. Even if he's realized, like, you know, the error of his ways. Like, in his mind, like, he cannot go back. Like, they will not accept him. And it's either stick with the Empire or be on the run. Mm-hmm. And personally, like, even though Crosshair is, like, one of, like, kind of the gruff, more, like, aloof ones – I think he doesn't know how to operate without being in a family. Yeah, totally. And, like, I wrote this in the notes, but I said the beginning of the episode and the end feel like the cafeteria feels like a high school kind of, like, TV show. And it does. Because like, he's alone and he's, like, looking around the cafeteria, like, who do I sit with? Like, it's so <laughs> sad. Like, it's like I, I felt for him. And he's wearing mm-hmm. different clothing He's all by himself. He doesn't have anyone to eat lunch with. Yeah. And I I feel like he also feels that, which mm-hmm. is something. Like, there is something to that character. And so, like, I got frustrated watching episode three because, like, everything with the Empire is, like, being doubled down. And I'm going to be so upset if they, like, fumble this character because – it's really interesting and he's really, really cool. So I hope that like he's able to come back from it. But like I just got this really weird vibe from watching episode three. Yeah. And I do find it interesting. Um, like I was saying earlier about the comparisons to Andor, this episode, episode three, they go in to, you know, remove the government from the planet Desix. And it's like seeing that episode of Andor where they're trying to take control of Ferrix, but from the Empire's point of view. Um, it did look like that. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, I do – I did kind of feel that, you know. Like, I felt the fact that it took place kind of around the same time where the Empire was trying to take back control from planets who were pushing back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, and since we're on episode three, how did you feel about seeing Commander Cody? Um. I thought it was cool. I've never had, like, a big um, attachment to the clones from Clone Wars. So, like, for me, it was like, oh, yeah, there's an old friend. But I've never been, like, super attached to Cody. I wish that he had been utilized more as a foil for Crosshair because he Mm -hmm. was. 
but this episode is so action heavy. Yeah, like they could have leaned more into that, into him making yeah. Crosshair question his decisions. Or like having Cody like hang on a little bit longer because Cody leaves. Like he defects after episode three. So he's only in that mm-hmm. one episode. And I think it would have been really interesting to have him as like one of like the angels on Crosshair's shoulders, like bringing him back like yeah. out. Um, but obviously that's not going to happen. So it just kind of feels a little bit like a missed opportunity. Because mm-hmm. I agree. Like I've never been like super attached to any of the clones either. Um so I don't know. It just felt like a weird choice to me. Yeah. It's almost like um, a lot of these episodes actually are hitting upon like really good themes, but they're scratching the surface level. They're not going deep enough. Yeah. It's like it's there, but they're, it's almost like they, they get there and they're like, oh, never mind. And yeah. they just they backtrack. It, it's mm-hmm. a very strange vibe. Because even so, like we skipped episodes one and two, but with that, like the clones go to Sereno to try to steal um, the Bad Dooku's Batch, war though, chest. specifically. Yeah, yeah, the Bad Patch, specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, because if they get this money, like, they can finally pay off their debts, they can disappear, you know, they can live, mm-hmm. you know, a quiet life. And yeah. I think it's really telling, and I, I wish they'd get more into it, like, the Bad Batch does not agree on what they want to be doing yeah. with their lives. Yeah, well, like, because Echo is like, we can't hide. Yes. Like, Echo is, like, full-on, like, this isn't going to work even if we, we are able to pay off their debts and get the money. Like, they're going to well, come Echo, after us. Echo wants to fight the Empire. Mm-hmm. Understandably. Like, after everything they did to him, like, understandable. And to a certain extent, I think Tech and Wrecker are more on his side. And Hunter is just, like, no. Protect Omega. Like, Protect he is, Omega. Like, full-on dad mode. Yeah. And I really like that conflict they just don't go into it a ton yeah and i i think that in season one maybe that's what's missing here is that in season one it did get deeper and it did um you know you felt like more emotion coming from these characters yeah like as it is they feel very flat and, like, obviously mm-hmm. they still feel like themselves. Like, Wrecker is still fun. Tech is still tech. But, like, they feel a little bit more one note. Like, there's mm-hmm. not as much to them anymore. I want them to feel more. Like, I want for me to feel them feeling, having feelings. Yes. I want that good <laughs> emotional conflict, you know. Because <laughs> that's what I think hooked us. Because when we saw The Bad Batch for the first time in Clone Wars Season 7, both of us were kind of like, yeah, whatever. Like, okay. I w- like, and that makes me wonder, like, is, like, you know, that emotion that we're seeing, it's very, like, in tune with the feminine, right? Mm-hmm. And it makes me wonder, like, are there, like, less women creators on this season of the show? Like, are there less women writing? It, like, makes me wonder. I don't know. Maybe, yeah, because, like, I, I haven't looked, so I don't know either. Um, but the, you definitely feel that shift because it is definitely – these episodes are way more action-heavy. Um I feel like the only character who's really kind of different in maybe a good way so far is Omega. Um, yeah. I feel like she seems more self-confident. I love her, like, new look. She's very capable now. She's, yes. like, a member of the Bad Batch. She is not um, – like, she doesn't need to be as protected, I feel like. She she goes on missions with them. She is capable. She's able to do things. 
I just got hit with, I've been watching Mike's Mike's recap of Gossip Girl, and I just got hit with, Dad, I'm not your little girl anymore. <laughs> Could you imagine if, like, Omega to Hunter? Like, um, but no, well, like, I agree true, with that. it's though, because yeah. she, there's, we haven't, we haven't, like, touched on this, but there's Fee, who's this new character, who she's starting to look up to as, like, a different role model than the boys, Mm-hmm. And it's like a female role model. And I think that she's getting something different from learning from Fee than she is from the Bad Batch. Well, and I feel like she she needs that, right? Like mm-hmm. she needs to experience more things. Like, yes, she has this family, but like as a, a child, and especially one who was raised in isolation, like she needs more interactions. And yeah. I do think that especially Hunter is not seeing that she is growing up and, like, she is capable. Like, it's only been, like, a month, but, like, she can hold her own in a fight. Yeah, and And she's, like, she's kind of growing into herself, too. Yeah. Like, in season one, she would, like, imitate Hunter doing everything. Yes. She, like, wanted to be Hunter. And in this season, she feels like Omega. Like, she doesn't feel like Omega copying Hunter. She's, like, doing everything for herself. Um, yes yeah Uh, well you can you can see well like you can see like what she got from hunter what she got from wrecker what she's gotten like from tech Mm. and things like that but she's made it her own yeah and that was one of the things that i liked with like the two-part premiere Mm -hmm. she was so desperate to get this money because she heard them talking and she feels responsible like for them being she's on the, run. the reason all this yeah. is happening yeah that they're like living like this yeah like she feels like she needs to repay them and like make it up for the life that they're they've lost because of her yeah um but that's not like that's not the case at all like they you know they're better people because of her yeah well and they chose this like they mm-hmm. chose to save her um I just wish that we could see more of that, like, what do the other members of the Bad Batch think about this? Because, like, they all did choose to save her, but I definitely think protecting her is more on Hunter, whereas, Mm -hmm. like, we don't really know what the others want. Like, they kind of just go along. You kind of see with Echo at the end of this episode where, you know, they they get their chance at getting the chest and and Echo tells her to let it go. So, like, you know, that moment Echo chooses her, too. Yeah, that is true. I, yeah, I, I want to see more of that. Like, I, I want to see more interactions like it's that. because like Echo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, 100%. But, like, after these three episodes, we hit an episode, like, episode four faster. And, like, that just... <laughs> I couldn't. There, I, like, I don't think that there's any emotion, emotional complex to this episode. No, like now, like I will say it, like it was fun. Mm-hmm. Like it is kind of like pod racing, but why did we get it's this like episode? I don't extra know. Extra dangerous, sort yeah. of pod racing. Um, it was kind of funny to see Tech being the one being the racer and like being it was beloved. like i mean he was the main character in this episode he was the, which was kind of funny like yeah that, it, um, it is kind of funny yeah so like so, so one interesting the most interesting thing i think about this episode is that now we're expected to be wary of sid yeah so like because she sid, like 
she's not to be trusted, mm-hmm. I don't think. So Sid um, is sponsoring this droid in the race and is trying to make up for a debt with, um, what's his name, Grinny? And Something like, like that, yeah. Um, at the end of this episode, like, you know, they're able to, like, free Sid. But Grinny says, you know, like, uh, you should be, like, a, like, you should be wary of her. Like, don't trust her. So that's, I think that's going to come back up this season. Yeah, I think so, too. Like, I think that Sid isn't necessarily, like, an evil character with evil intents, but she's definitely not, like, a good guy, you know? She's out for herself, and, like a lot of people are in Star Wars. Oh, 100%. Yeah, and, and I kind of feel like... It's weird to say this, but sometimes I feel like the Bad Batch is, like, too trusting sometimes. Like, especially yeah. when it's, like, somebody on the outside. Because it's like, oh, this is somebody like me, you know? Because I think part of them, did like, wasn't trusting Sid. And now they're kind of, like, they're just, it's normal now to, like, do stuff for her. So Well, I think it's because, like, who can they trust? Like, yeah. th- this, this person took them in when they had no one so they don't really have any choice but to trust her Mm -hmm. i do wonder if we will see them pay off sid like i feel like by the end of this season like they need to be out from under the thumb of sid like we it's time for them to move on that's like i agree that's one thing i'd like to see with this season is like there there needs to come to a head with Sid, like either they pay them, pay her off, or something else happens that episode four is alluding to, where they have mm-hmm. to get away from her somehow. Yeah, like I, I just feel like they need like a change. Like they're getting too comfortable, and I think that's why some of the episodes just like aren't hitting because I don't mm-hmm. think the Bad Batch is facing conflict other than like on their missions. Yeah, right? I guess because like it's like oh another mission this week. Yeah, Another it's very much week. been mission so of the week. It's not like it, it. It's not like linear in that sense. It's like they keep going back to the same spot and yeah. going on a mission instead of you know going on more of a an adventure, like in, in a physical adventure. But I think going back to Sid is even hindering their like emotional arc. Yeah, they keep like returning to home base instead of like going deeper. Yeah. So you mentioned before, like, we did get introduced to a a new character named Fee, um, and she's, like, a pirate, um, very, like, Indiana Jones type, um, and she really gets her chance to shine in episode um, five, which is Entombed. Mm -hmm. I will also say, like, I, I wasn't super into this episode either, but I do like that they went on, like, a treasure hunt, and I like that it was, like, pre republic that was kind of interesting. I, was, I like It was pre-Jedi, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 So this is ancient. It was, no, it this was is ancient. like interesting lore. I just like want to know more about this lore rather than whatever happened with the Bad Batch in this episode. Oh, 100%. Like I wanted to know more about this planet. I wanted to know more about this thing that they found. Like I'm sorry, yeah. but like I didn't care about what was going on with the Bad Batch. <laughs> and like this episode starts out with like Fee like telling – an adventure she went on but and then um is it hunter who says like oh like this story changes every time she tells it like she's not reliable either so like fee is also not reliable 
potentially. Mm. Um, so I wonder if that's adding her as a character to this season is going to um is is there for a reason to you know like help Sid's arc of betrayal potentially if that's where we're going. Well, I kind of wonder and like I honestly don't think that they would do this just from like the episodes we've seen so far like I I don't really think this is a path that they would go down. But like you said with Omega kind of looking up more to Fee and having her as a role model as opposed to the Bad Batch, I think it would be interesting if Omega was given the choice to, like, go with her. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I don't think I, they would do that, but... You know, I made this note, I think, on, on episode six. Oh, where... I, yeah, I made, well, overall thoughts and themes. So, like, I was thinking about how this compares to, like, Din and Grogu and how, like... Din and Hunter are both trying to protect their children, basically, and potentially find a better life for them. And if that means it's not with them, that, you know, that might lead them there. So, like, I don't want to see that. I don't want to see the same story again that we got in The Mandalorian where Hunter's like, okay, well, maybe it's best if we bring Omega to her people, whatever that means. See, like... I, I agree with you, but I almost feel it to the other way around. Like, I almost feel like maybe it would be good for Omega to, like, see more of yeah. the world. And I feel like Hunter mm-hmm. will not let her go. I so Right? I, I do agree with you, actually. But I think I just don't want to see that story repeated. No, I agree. Like, I, I didn't. <laughs> if anything, I, I don't want to see them repeated right, again. Like, it should have been this story if they were going to yeah. go with with that story like that way Mm. oh my gosh because i feel like omega will always have a place like with the bad batch but with her being like a young girl like she needs to go out and like see the world right and Mm -hmm. i i feel like hunter in particular isn't gonna want her to do that um even if it comes down to like the other Bad Batch decided, like, they want to fight the Empire. I think Omega would also want to fight the Empire, and Hunter's going to be like, no. Well, that's, and that's, like, a reoccurring theme, because we see that again in Episode 6 with Tribe. We see, you know, getting ahead of ourselves, but Gunji makes a return. And, you know, there's this theme that, you know, Gunji and Omega are children, and, like, they have to live through these hard times, that they don't get to be children. They don't get that experience and like that's something that we keep seeing with hunter being like you know like these children aren't getting the childhood that they should be getting yeah which i think is definitely like a good point right because like they're having to come up like they're having to be brought up like this especially coming from somebody who is a clone who also didn't get like a regular childhood Mm -hmm. but i think like that's when you hit into like this age-old thing where it's like yeah, but you denying them their autonomy is still keeping them from living the life that you want from them, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they're forced to live in this, you know, really hard time and, like, live with all this trauma. But, like, Omega is at her best when she's helping people. Like, in yeah. episode six, when she decides, like, I want to help Gunji. Like, he wants to find his people. Like, he wants to find his home. Like, that's what we need to do. So, inevitably... She is going to be faced with, like, I want to help these people in the galaxy. Like, I want to take down the Empire, too. And I feel like all of the 
you know, Bad Batch is on par with that, except for Hunter. And mm-hmm. I think Hunter's just really afraid to lose his family, and he's become he's so attached to Omega. Father. He's very protective. Mm-hmm. And I really like that. Like, that's yeah. really interesting. And see, like, we're able to take these really good themes out of these episodes, but I think that they could hit us harder with them. That, they that could. It feels like, surface level. Yeah, because watching it, you don't really see it. But, like, the good thing is is that they created these really good characters and they do have this depth to them. So, like, you can see under the surface and be like, okay, what's going on here? And, of course, I want to see this all come back together with Crosshair. And I still want... Yeah, how is, like, Crosshair <sighs> fitting into this story? Like, well, part of me is like, I still want Omega to be the one to be like, Crosshair deserves our help. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, yeah. I think if anybody's going to empathize with him, it's got to be, it's probably going to be her because the others have too much baggage. She's more removed. And we almost saw that in season one, but then we didn't. Mm-hmm. So I want to see that come back again. And like, we've only seen Crosshair in one episode out of these six. Yeah. And of course, we are approaching mid-season, but will it I don't be, know where we're going. Like, will, like, my question is, will it feel like a mid-season episode or will it just like be another adventure of the week kind of thing? Yeah. So it's a two-parter. The episodes are called The Clone Conspiracy. The second episode is called Truth and Consequences. I mean, that sounds good. Yeah. What do you think the clone conspiracy is? I don't know. Because, like... Do you think they're going to start figuring out about their inhibitor chips? Maybe. I would like to. I I feel like like one of the big things still between um, the prequels and the originals is, like, the decommissioning of the clones, right? Mm -hmm. Because, like, we know that it happens and we know why they do it. But we haven't seen that story be told. And I do think that's interesting if that's where they're going. Like, they're telling the story of, like, how they're getting rid of the clones. Because that could lead into, like, liberating who's left, Mm -hmm. right? Helping them escape. So I will say some of these – all the titles are released. And there are some, like, interesting titles in here. And the – it's funny you say that because the season finale is called Plan 99, Okay, yeah, see, like, yeah. Okay, so let me just, like, let me just, like, put this out there, okay? Let me just, like, put this out there. So say we do get a third season, right? Mm-hmm. Say that is where we're going. So let's say, like, the, the season finale, Clone Force 99, they decide they're going to, like, liberate the clones, and they do, but they leave Crosshair behind. Like, him sacrificing himself? Or? Or... They just leave him. I don't know. Would they leave him? That's the question, right? Like, we don't know how they feel yeah. about Crosshair anymore. I'm also very drawn to episode 11's title, which is Metamorphosis. Ooh, that's nice. So that could either be, either like... Be really, like, thematically deep, or it's going to be bugs. just an episode about bugs. Above yeah. Bugs. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could see that. It's just it's about bugs. Either way, it's going to be like this really deep, like, 
you know, uh, meta- metaphorical metamorphosis <laughs> or it's going to be bugs. <laughs> There's no in between. It's going to be one or the other. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. That's that what one is coming out on March 1st. So we'll know. First day of March. Isn't, isn't that when Mandalorian season three starts? Yeah. Yeah. There's so there's going to be some overlap. Here. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a lot. It's a lot because we were dealing with this with Willow also. Yeah. And that's why we started doing these episodes so late because we were still covering Willow. Well, They're really like, burying the show. It's very strange. It's almost like they are kind of just like sweeping Bad Batch under the rug or they just know that it's longer and like not as many people are into it. So they're like putting yeah. their bigger shows on top well, of it. That's the the issue is going into this year. I think there's actually like a ton of shows coming out on Disney Plus. So there's yeah. that new Marvel one with like Amelia Clark. Oh yeah, what it's called. So that's coming Secret out Invasion. Soon. Yeah, that's coming out really soon. I have when a does feeling that come that's out? gonna be. I don't know if there's a date yet or it's just like spring. Secret Invasion. Got it. it just says 2023. Okay, because I was seeing a, a slate spring. that was saying yeah spring. So then. Is that going to start right when Mando is done? And then I would Loki imagine. I, I think. I think summer, they really try. Summer. They really try to not overlap Star Wars and Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um. So I think it'll probably start like as soon as Mando is over, and then probably as soon as that's over, it'll be Ahsoka, Ahsoka. and then it's Loki, and then Loki, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So man, I want to rewatch I'm so, I'm the first so season of Loki. For Loki. I, I need Loki's- to. I've been. I, I think about it daily. I think about Loki daily and how is probably like one of my favorite pieces of media to ever exist. It's perfect. You know, like that's also something we've got in our back pocket. We could just cover the first season of Loki. <laughs> we have yet to do that. <laughs> do you know that um, Bad Batch season two, like it was supposed to come out before Andor, right? Yeah, they pushed it all the way back to January. It was supposed to come out in September. Yeah. And then they they pushed it, I think, because they didn't want it to overlap with Andor. And then Willow was coming out. So then they just pushed it to, like, Willow was almost over. Like, I remember that. They kept pushing Bad Batch back. Because it was supposed to already be, like, done by now. So um, Ben Schwartz actually voiced Teo. I'm I'm on the Wikipedia page because I was looking at the episodes. But Ben (laughs) Schwartz voice Teo and I don't think you watched Parks and Rec but he was in Parks and Rec and he was very funny but he also voices Sonic the Hedgehog in the movies oh my so god just putting that out there listen if we want to talk about Sonic the Hedgehog the new I don't Sonic know if show I, could. I don't know if but I like could. the new Sonic the Hedgehog show do you know who is one of the voice actors in that show who Mr. Jack Septicai oh okay <laughs> Cool, cool. I get it. Have I watched it for him? No, I have not, but... Well, you've been watching a lot of Bluey. I have still been... Actually, I've slowed down my Bluey, but I... Are you caught up? No. Well, I guess you need to let it... You want it to last, though. Yeah, I'm in fear of catching up, but I've also become obsessed with Love Island, which is a very different vibe. (laughs) I I find it weird that you're into Love Island because, like, you don't watch any of the Netflix love shows. I know. Your mom does? My mom does. My mom loves Love is Blind. Okay, well, Love is Blind after the altar is coming out um, this week, I think, on Friday. I think 
she's been watching something something like that but it's she's been watching the brazilian one oh, okay but then for valentine's day they're releasing this new show which is like all stars and i forget what it's called the perfect couple or something i don't remember but they're they're having people from all of the netflix reality shows on a dating show oh like yeah all the you mentioned that so like people from the circle people i i really enjoy the circle especially this season i feel like the top three was like well deserved i was very happy with the top three um and so like people from the circle people from love is blind people from uh, too hot to handle too hot to handle is bonkers <laughs> that show is bonkers like people like are literally cannot keep it in their pants to win two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, like, I don't people understand. People are crazy. That. I really thought that I would hate Love Island, but then like my mom had it on, and I was just like watching it, and I was kind of is it the interested. American one or the yeah, brave? it's the American one. But I hear that like the Australian one is like the best one. Really? That's what I've well, been I, hearing. I remember. So I have. I haven't actually watched Love Love Island, but. Wasn't weren't everyone on the Far From Home cast like they were really into it when they were filming Far From Home? Oh my gosh, I think you're right. Mm-hmm. Wait, I thought you watched Love Island. No. Oh, I've I was never like seen... texting you under the assumption oh, that you I knew like, who these people I were. I was like, cool. Like, I don't know who these people are, but <laughs> no. But like, you told me about the Toronto guy. Uh, I swear I? you told you me about sure? the Toronto guy. I swear Maybe I just you saw did. A t- you sure I didn't like see something on TikTok and I was like, haha, there's Toronto guy on this. Maybe you did. No. I was just under the assumption that I'm like, surely Alex has seen this. I have never watched <laughs> Love Island. I don't know where I can watch it in Canada. It might be on like Crave or something. Oh, is it not on Netflix? The American one? Yeah. Um, I don't think in Canada. Let me see. Broadcasting rights is like super weird. Like it could be on one thing on it says pro- uh Prime, but it says a premium subscription so that means oh gross it's Never like mind. extra extra anyway <laughs> anyway back to bad batch um so yeah like i i think that so far strongest episode has been episode six um i don't really know where we're going from here yeah i guess we'll see how the next couple episodes are um i feel good about the titles I do feel I good about really the titles. Like those do sound pretty good. The Clone Conspiracy and Truth and Consequences. I those are good titles. Yeah. That feels like so something. Like, <laughs> I am hoping that we're in for some good stuff. Because that that does sound interesting. And to be perfectly honest, like we are so close to like we're very close to Mando. I was looking at like the whole rundown for Disney Plus. Um there's not a ton. Well, I mean, there. Let me rephrase. There is a ton of stuff coming out in February, but nothing like crazy until Mando. And then after that, the next thing that has like a definite date is Star Wars Visions. Oh yeah, we didn't talk about that. So they unveiled a bunch of the studios mm-hmm. who are doing um, Visions. Yeah, new studios. Yeah, um, it looks. Cart- I'm so excited. Yeah, for me, the notable ones were Cartoon Saloon and Ardman. Yeah, um, Cartoon Saloon was Cartoon um, Saloon, Wolf that was Walkers. Wolfwalkers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's gonna be the one to watch for. Yeah, I I think so too. I maybe I'll rewatch some Visions because I some of those episodes were like really really good. So mm-hmm. I'd be into that. Is there anything else about Bad Batch that we did not cover? 
I don't think so. I do have a question. Are you still a hunter girly or have your are you a new girly? No, I would say I'm a hunter girly. Yeah. I'm I'm still a wrecker girly. No, Definitely. like Wrecker is awesome. I love Wrecker. Yes. I love I mean him. like I f- I think we said this that the characters feel very I don't know, a little bit hollow this season. They do. They're they're definitely very one note. They're not mm-hmm. as they're Except not Omega. as too Yeah, Omega's the only one who has yeah. like developed. Everybody else feels like yeah. this one's the leader, this one's mm-hmm. the strong one. So for that kind me, of thing. like saying I'm a hunter girly is kind of still based on on season one. Like it's not really based off of season two. I would agree with that because even I am not as excited when I see Wrecker because he's not like what happened to Wrecker being afraid of heights. You know? Yeah. What happened to I him? I really liked the moment with Wrecker and Omega when they're at the junkyard. That was that pretty was cute. Fun. And then they come back and they're like, what is this cra- Like, what is this junk? Why did you bring Because <laughs> Wrecker was like, yeah, that's great. <laughs> All right. Well, next episode, unsure. Might be more Bad Batch. Could be High Republic. Could be secret option number three. Who knows? <laughs> Certainly not us. But overall, like, we are going to be continuing to watch Bad Batch. We are getting like new books but nothing until march so for february it's pretty much just bad batch because once we get into march then it's mando and then it's battle scars and then once we're into april that's when we hit wave two of the next high republic launch yeah so, well i mean i guess interesting. while everyone else is covering ahsoka we'll cover battle scars and absolutely whatever else. <laughs> yeah that'll be our time to catch up on things <laughs> All right. Well, that is going to do it for this episode of Lipstick and Lightsabers. If you would like to keep the conversation going, you can find us pretty much always at lip underscore lightsabers on Twitter and Instagram. I am at McCarter Shannon and Alex is at Alex Leonis. And we will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.